Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Post Show Podcast. I'm John, the video guy. Thanks so much for tuning in today. On today's podcast episode, I'm going to be talking about how to make video editing faster, especially if you're making YouTube videos. So I'm going to go over all the things I've learned in my career and on my YouTube journey so far to systemize it and basically edit videos very quickly. I'm going to be covering things such as, you know, project workflows and just mindset when you're in the editing room trying to cut down your final video. So if that sounds interesting for you, sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode. But as always, first I'm going to review my YouTube stats for the past few weeks. So currently on my YouTube channel, I have 273 subscribers and you know, I'm just over a fourth of the way there on my goal for the end of this season of the post show. I'm hoping to reach 1000 subscribers within the last 28 days. I've gained 5,644 views, 209 watch hours, and I've gained 69 new subscribers. All right. So the first video going back a few weeks was smooth zoom blur transition in Premiere Pro. This did averages a five out of 10, gained 23 views a 2.6% click-through rate. And then on Thanksgiving, the video that went out was called Build Confidence at a Young Age and Overcome Self-Doubt. This did, this underperformed. It was an 8 out of 10, but that was come to expect. I kind of expected that since it was a little different from my normal content and it was on a holiday. It gained five views with a 0.4% click-through rate. And last Monday, Animate a Clock Inside After Effects Easy Tutorial. This did pretty good. It was a 4 out of 10. It gained 19 views with a 2.2% click-through rate. And the last one that came out, How to Use Podbean Podcasting for Beginners. This underperformed. It was around a 7 out of 10. Gained 5 views with an impressions click-through rate of 0.9. So definitely the click-through rate is down for a lot of these videos. So... Something to consider. What determines click-through rate a lot of the times is the title and the thumbnail. And specifically for the build confidence at a young age one, that one was a really different thumbnail. I notice when it comes to thumbnails, the simpler it is, the better. The more eye-catching it is, the better. Uh, usually if it's overcomplicated, the thumbnail doesn't perform as well, resulting in a lower click-through rate. So moving forward, I think that's one thing I'm going to focus more on is trying to simplify uh, thumbnails a lot more to kind of, that way it's not as uh, overwhelming to the viewer. They can look at it, they understand what the video is, and they click on it. So so those were the YouTube stats for the last few weeks here. Now let's dive into today's episode, talking about how to edit videos faster for YouTube. So probably one of the first things that I think about when I think about editing a video project is making sure everything is in place and trying to systemize everything as much as possible, trying to take the workload off of you during the, the initial or the actual video editing process. So a few things to keep in mind, depending what um, system you're on, you'll want to pick a software and probably stick with the soft, the video editing software that you're going to use for all of your videos. So for me, I use Premiere Pro, so I know, you know, every time I go to edit a YouTube video, I'm using the same software. It's very familiar, and just building up that muscle memory will help you in the long term using the same software, the same tools over and over again. A lot of what makes you a fast video editor is repetition. 
And the other thing that comes with preparing your project and using the same software is that you want to have the assets already in place. So if you have go-to music, graphics, and videos, you want to make sure you have them ready when you dive into video editing. You don't want to be searching for these things while you're trying to edit videos or on the fly. You want to have these pre-made things ready to go as soon as you sit down with the new footage to edit. So these things can be music, graphics, videos, B-roll, photos, things that you use pretty much for any of your videos. You want to have these ready for when you dive into video editing. So for me, I have a slate of like 20 to 30 background songs that I go through for all my video tutorials. I have them already in a folder. I drag and drop them in. And what I do is I create a Premiere Pro template. That way, when I make a new video, I just copy and paste that Premiere Pro file. I open it and everything's already in there for me. So all the music's in there. I have sound effects in there that's ready to go. There's different graphic assets that I created, such as my bumper or overlay graphics that I put over my videos at the beginning or end of my videos. And also in that project is already a pre-made sequence based on my camera's footage. So I don't have to try to make a new sequence based on the camera footage. It's already ready to go. I have a sequence ready with the specs that the camera is already set to. That way I can just drag and drop my footage and start editing right away. The other thing when it comes to the sequence or timeline that's already set up in my project is that the audio tracks are already designed for my voiceover. So I already EQ'd, put on a compressor, and have my audio settings already set. That way I don't really have to mess with it when I go to edit new videos. Also with background music as well, there's a background music track that I set up that has the certain decibel amplitude already set. That way I don't have to try to adjust the background music to get it to be under my voice. Those two things take up a lot of time trying to EQ, get your voice right in the background music. And having those tracks already in that Premiere Pro template really saves a lot of time, especially when it comes to video editing new projects. The other thing that you can focus on that I usually don't do anymore, but you can create color presets. So if it's a LUT or a certain look that you can designate, whether it's color correction or some type of look LUT, having these already pre-made and pre-designed, it will save you time. You can easily drag and drop them onto your footage and you should be ready to go. So, you know, when you do your first video project, you can set up a LUT or a preset when it comes to Lumetri scopes and color and you can save it as a preset and then once you make a new project you can easily drag and drop that effect to the video clip and you should be ready to go. Now this really depends you know since I'm shooting most often in a studio environment it works out really well that I can design a LUT or a color look that I can easily apply to all my videos. But if you are making YouTube videos where you're vlogging and you're in different scenes all the time, this might not work out for you. But if you are shooting in certain areas, often you can design a certain look for that area. The other thing, if you are working with Premiere Pro, there are things called Mogerts, which are pre-made motion graphics packs that you can import into Premiere Pro projects and use in your sequence. You can create your own inside After Effects, or you can go online and search for Mogerts and download them and import them into your project. This saves a lot of time because not only do you not only have to design those uh, pre-made graphics, but 
You can easily drag and drop them into your sequence, change the text, the color, the size, and the scale, and you're good to go. You already have an animated graphic that didn't take any time to set up. So that is something to look into. It's probably a really good investment if you don't want to get into too much animating and you want something that looks nice for your videos. So definitely check out Mogerts. That's M-O-G-E-R-T-S. All right, so that was basically all about project, you know, setting up your project and creating a template that you can easily just dive in and start editing right away. What are some things that you can actually do inside the video edit while you're actually editing your footage? So one of the things that I do all the time, either in work or in my YouTube videos, um, that I think really contributes a lot to my speed is edit initially your first uh, rough cut when you're first putting your video together, edit in two times speed. So if you're in Premiere Pro or probably any type of video editing software, there should be an option to play back your footage in two times speed. So in this case, if you're in Premiere Pro, the shortcut would be L. So if you hit the space button and you hit L, you'll be playing it in 2x speed. And this way you can easily uh, speed up your footage and make cuts two times quicker, watch you know, watch and make edits two times quicker in your Premiere Pro project. So say if you're editing a 10 minute video and you edit in two times speed and you're playing it back and you're making cuts and cutting stuff out and playing it back in two times, essentially instead of it taking 10 minutes to go through that first, you know, rough cut, it would take you five minutes. So, you know, just doing 2x really saves you a lot of time. Now, this is really dependent on your computer as well. If you are working on a slower computer or if your hard drive or if your disk space that you store your project on is slow, you may not be able to do this depending on your system. I highly recommend working on an SSD external hard drive or your internal computer hard drive will be the fastest solutions. I wouldn't recommend a hard disk drive because they are often a lot slower if you want to check out an SSD external drive that I use with my projects, I'll link it down in the show notes. Feel free to go check it out. It is pretty quick with at least about a thousand megabytes per second. These are really quick and handy and they're easily portable as well. So if you're video editing on the go, they're really nice to take with you. All right. So that's one tip inside the editing bay to kind of speed up your workflow but let's talk about compiling the actual video. So when I edit my videos, what I try to focus on first is getting it to at least 80% there, you know, where it's not like a perfect video, but for the most part, it's a solid video that people can watch and enjoy and understand. That is really the goal when it comes to video editing is creating a final piece that makes sense to the viewer and keep them engaged. So a few things to just keep in mind is, is the video clear? So just on a basic term, is it, you know, is it clear? Is it light enough? Uh, is the luminance set? Does it need color correction? You know, if it's blue or too orange, does it need to be color corrected? Is it grainy? You know, these are the things to focus on. Try to make it look its best without um, spending too much time on it. Because, you know, there's the law of, diminished returns. You don't want to spend too much time on it, you know, where the the end result, most people can't really tell the difference between an A minus video and an A plus video. That's basically my point here. You want to get to the point where most people would look at it and be like, oh yeah, that looks good. 
And sometimes as video editors specifically, we can struggle with this sometimes. You just kind of have to take a step back objectively and look at your footage and determine whether the average viewer would be able to watch it, understand it, and appreciate it. So a few other things is when it comes to audio, is it audible? Is it crisp and clear? So just making sure that people can hear it is key. Are the graphics that you add to your video legible? Can you read it? Is it clear? Does it pop from the background? Is there enough time to read it? Those are the key things that you want to focus on when it comes to graphics or topography. And there's also a thing when it comes to video editing called the 10 second rule that I actually found from another YouTuber, Parker Walbeck, where you kind of want to change up your edit every 10 seconds. So say if you're shooting, a, you know, you're editing a, sh- uh, a talking head video, something should change every 10 seconds or so to keep the viewer engaged. So say, for instance, if I'm filming myself and it's a tutorial or something, and it's been about 10 seconds, maybe cut to a different angle, maybe add a graphic, maybe add some B-roll or a screen share, something that breaks up the, um, the edit or a zoom or some type of thing that kind of changes the composition a little bit and keeps the viewer engaged. That would fall into this getting it to 80% thing. I would just focus on that and then that basically determines what you need to put over your footage to make it more dynamic, whether it's B-roll, graphics, and stuff. And last and foremost, probably the most important thing when it comes to creating video content for YouTube is does it make sense? Does it tell a story? You know, what's the story? That's always the biggest question when it comes to creating videos. So you want to make sure it makes sense to the viewer. And this can be tricky when you're in The weeds, when it comes to video editing, you just kind of have to, sometimes it helps take a break, take a step back, take a walk, come back to it and watch it with fresh eyes or get a second person's opinion on a video edit. Another thing that you might hear sometimes in Hollywood filmmaking is a term called killing your darlings. And what this means is when you're in the video editing room, you might have a lot of footage. And sometimes it's tricky to break down like you look at all the footage and you're like well it's all good it should all go in and it's hard to determine which shots to use or which videos clips to use because it's hard to objectively determine what's better than what and I think this is just something that comes over time and the quicker you can kind of learn this and make judgments based on your own video footage that you shot the quicker you're going to become as a video editor to quickly kill off your darlings you know just imagine yourself going into the editing room with an axe and you're just chopping away you know most of the time video editors don't use 90 percent of the footage like when i shoot events and i bring back footage i hardly use all of the footage that i ever shot so you know mostly the role of a video editor is almost uh eliminating footage not putting it together It's the process of just selecting the absolute best frames and clips to put into your video. And I like this quote. It's called, a kick-ass half is better than a half-ass whole. And this is a quote from David Hansen from, from the book Rework by Jason Fried. And I love this because if you're trying to make something really long and it's just, it's laggy, it doesn't make sense, or, you know... It's uh, too long and too clunky. Sometimes just making it shorter is better. And in the long run, if you do make videos that are relatively shorter, it will speed up your workflow because you're making something shorter, not longer. 
Sometimes shorter, snappier content is better. Another quote from that book, Rework, is what you do matters, not what you think or say or plan. And this was from Jason Fried. And this kind of leads me into my last point. And the thing I love to just say in general is just create. Because really, not even in just video editing, but in just anything, really, if you want to get good at something, you just need to be able to create, go at it, and just do it and practice. And by doing it over and over again, that will eventually make you quicker at that thing, whether it's video editing or any other type of craft. And in closing, I kind of want to go over this one quote that I really love. Um, It's from Art and Fear by David Bayless. And the quote or the segment goes like this. It was a story of a teacher um, teaching a ceramics class, and he basically divided the class into two segments, um, basically the quantity versus quality aspect of creative work. And here's the segment I want to read out of the book. The ceramics teacher announced on opening day that he was dividing the class into two groups. Those on the left side of the studio, he said, would be graded solely on quantity of work they produced. All those on the right solely is quality. His procedure was simple on the final day of class. He would bring in his bathroom scales and weigh the work of the quantity group, 50 pounds of pots, rated an A, 40 pounds of pot, B, and so on. Those being graded on quality, however, needed to produce only one pot, I'll bet a perfect one, to get an A. Well came grading time, and a curious fact emerged. The works of the highest quality were all produced by the group that created that got graded for quantity. It seems that while the quantity group was busy churning out piles of work and learning from their mistakes, the quality group had to set theorize about perfection and in the end had little more to show for their efforts. And this is a big takeaway. And is as video editors and just as creative people, you know, we can get stuck in this rut of trying to be a perfectionist, just trying to make that perfect video, perfect design, whatever you're creating. And at the end of the day, the only way we learn is through our mistakes and just trying and just creating. You know, when I look at my career and all the highlight videos I made so far, I just over, I just passed the 300 video, highlight video mark in my career. And when I look at all the earlier ones that I did, I learned so much from the early days to the ones that I'm just creating now. But if I just focus on just trying to make each one perfect, I would have never really compounded and snowballed all the things that I learned along the way. And same thing with my video tutorials on YouTube and just being a YouTuber in general. When I look back at my early YouTube tutorials, I look back and I'm like, oh, I should have did this or I should have did that or, you know, you just kind of learn through just practicing, getting feedback from others, and continuing to make new tutorials and new videos on your channel. So that's my take on how to become a faster video editor. It really comes down to practice, just create. It's almost as simple as that, I would say. So that pretty much sums up this episode, guys. Thanks so much for listening. I will go over my YouTube stats now to kind of give an idea of what I think will happen in the future. All right, so the one that came out Monday was called Create Stars and After Effects Tutorial. So this was just a tutorial I made on how to create stars and after effects. It's pretty short, 
I, I like it. I think it's going to do pretty good, maybe four out of 10. Then the one that comes out Thursday is called 10 Life-Changing Books to Build Your Career and Yourself as a Person. I think this one, kind of similar to the other personal development ones, aren't going to do as good. I, I say it's like 7 out of 10 on the lower scale here. And then the one coming out Monday, I think is going to do really good. It's called Happy New Year Fireworks Animation After Effects Tutorial. And, you know, I'm capitalizing on the time of the year, since I'm assuming people in motion graphics and video editing are probably creating stuff for New Year's Eve content. I'm creating this tutorial. Hopefully it gets uh, clicked on and people will see how to make fireworks for New Year's Eve content. Um, but yeah, I think this is going to do, I would say this is going to do a one out of 10. I think within the last 28 days, I would say this video is probably going to top out to be the best. And the last one coming up this Thursday is called New Features to Make After Effects Render Faster. So there's two new features in the 2022 version of After Effects that came out um, that really help determine and see how your uh, your project's going to see how long things take to render. So I basically go over how to use it and how to see and eliminate things that are taking up time. I think this one's going to do pretty good. Maybe a 2 out of 10 or a 3 out of 10. Seems to be uh, After Effects and Premiere Pro content does pretty good on my channel. So those are my predictions for the upcoming week. So the next podcast episode, guys, will be the last one of the year. And next week, I or two weeks from now, I'll be going over my year and review of my YouTube channel. So if you're interested to see how it has grown from 365 days ago to now, I'm going to be going over all the things, all the stats, and basically all the things I learned along my YouTube journey. So I'm looking forward to the next episode. Thanks so much for tuning in and listening. Till next time, take care.